This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Want a surefire conversation starter with any group of parents? Well, rather than bullying, college applications, or even the defective wiring of toddlers, if you want parents to talk, bring up the idea of kids and screen time. Because the headlines scream, screens are like crack, screens turn your kid's brain to mush. Last year, Time magazine ran an article about how tech in the classroom leads to worse educational outcomes and noted that over 200 studies have linked increased screen time to ADHD, depression, anxiety, increased aggression, and even psychosis. So what gives? Are screens really that bad for our kids? If so, we've got a problem on our hands even bigger than when your kid tries to eat chips and hear epic rap battles of history at the same time. And I don't have to tell you that screens are everywhere. In a 2013 study out of the London School of Economics, 25% of three to four-year-olds in the U.S. had used the internet. In the Netherlands, it was 78%. And in the past few years, it's safe to assume the percentage has probably grown. Fast forward to adolescence. A Pew study found that 97% of all teens play video games, and one in two play video games on any given day. Therefore, this week, We'll delve into the research to screen, haha, out truth from fiction regarding screens, our kids, their brains, and their lives. So we'll tackle three questions. And question number one is, are screens educational? Well, here is the evidence for. All the app stores are well-stocked with apps and games that are fun, well-designed, and most importantly, effective. A number of studies and you can find links to a bunch of them in the transcript at quickanddirtytips.com savvy-psychologist, show that quality educational apps help kids learn more and faster. There's also the argument that interactive equals engaging, which in turn increases comprehension and retention. Indeed, my own kids have used a number of educational apps and don't even realize they're learning. And who among us wouldn't have wished for an engaging algebra app? But here's the flip side. Screens aren't a replacement for a good in-person teacher. A classic study from 2003 showed just this. The study participants, babies, specifically nine-month-old babies who heard only English spoken at home. Now, the researchers were curious about the phenomenon of plopping one's baby in front of Chinese or Spanish-language television hoping they'd pick up some new vocabulary. Did it work? The researchers investigated. To do this, 
babies either got to play in playgroups led in Mandarin by a teacher who was a native Mandarin speaker, or in English by a native English speaker. They read stories and played with toys. But here's the twist. The Mandarin playgroups were also video recorded. And later, a third group of babies watched the Mandarin playgroups, but on a screen. Exact same content, exact same teacher. After 12 playgroups, the researchers tested all the babies and found that those who had heard the live Mandarin teacher responded to Mandarin syllables. After 12 playgroups, the researchers tested all the babies and found that those who had heard the live Mandarin teacher responded to Mandarin syllables, while the babies in the English playgroups, predictably, didn't notice Mandarin syllables at all. But what about the Mandarin on a screen group? Turns out, they didn't learn a thing. Their phonics discrimination was the same as the English-only group. So even though they had been exposed to the same material by the same teachers as the live group, something about viewing it on a screen stopped them from recognizing Mandarin. Therefore, at least when it comes to language learning, live interaction is the way to go. The conclusion, nothing is inherently wrong with reading or algebra apps or videos, and a lot of them do improve learning outcomes, both anecdotally and in studies. However, technology should be the icing on the cake. Here's what I mean. Computer scientists have something they call the law of amplification, which means technology is a tool that amplifies, not replaces, human power. So good teaching, parental involvement, and a rich educational environment all come first. And technology can be the cherry on top. In short, screens can magnify good education, but they can't make up for bad education. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Okay, so next we have issue number two. Do screens drive us apart or bring us together? Well, screens can bring us together. Think of a family watching and discussing a classic movie, playing Pokemon Go, or working up a sweat to just dance. The research term for this is joint media engagement. And furthermore, app designers and TV producers take seriously the idea of user interactivity. Dora the Explorer asked questions of her audience. Netflix has created several choose-your-own-adventure kid shows. And the people who produce Sesame Street even created a design guide to encourage joint media engagement. 
But here is the flip side. A 2016 study in the journal Frontiers in Psychology challenged whether joint media engagement was as good as plain old joint engagement. The researchers asked moms and seven to nine-year-old kids to read a story together. They created four groups based on whether mom or child read and whether they read on paper or on a tablet. Among other things, the researchers evaluated something called interaction warmth, which is basically the technical term for having a nice time together. Interestingly, warmth was lower for screen than for paper, particularly when the kids read on screen, and it worsened the longer mom and kid read together. One possible reason, the researcher said, was that both moms and kids tended to hold a book where both of them could see, but to hold a tablet as if they were using it on their own, forcing the other to, quote, shoulder surf and crane their necks to get a better view. The conclusion, you can do anything together, from crafting to cooking to playing Minecraft to reading. And this is what counts. It's not that screen time is always bad and digging worms is always good. It's not the activity. It's that you're together. But we're not really together if we're alone on our devices, even if we're cuddled next to each other on the couch. And finally, issue number three. Does screen time mess with our social abilities? Well, one side says it totally messes them up. An ingeniously simple study sent 50 11 to 13-year-old kids to an outdoor camp with no screens for five days. When they came back, they were compared to 50 of their media-consuming peers. And it turns out, five days of using their thumbs to make friendship bracelets instead of texts resulted in the campers being significantly better at reading human emotion than kids who had access to phones, TV, and computers. The conclusion, without screens, kids had to communicate face-to-face, which accordingly sharpened their skills not only in s'mores roasting and scary storytelling, but in reading human emotion. Now, the other side says to stop freaking out. Another study in the prestigious journal Psychological Science examined over 120,000 British teenagers and found there may be a, quote, digital sweet spot where screen time still affords the benefits of education apps or social media connections, but isn't harmful. Indeed, teens' overall well-being, defined as happiness, psychological health, social functioning, and life satisfaction, improved as screen time increased, but only to a point. After that point, more screen time began to take a toll. What were the magic numbers? For smartphone use, the tipping point was one hour and 57 minutes. For video games, one hour and 40 minutes. Watching videos and web surfing were higher, respectively clocking in at three hours, 41 minutes and four hours, 17 minutes. But before you decide to take away your teen's iPhone after two hours, know that the association between screen time and well-being was relatively weak, weaker than eating breakfast or getting a good night's sleep. The conclusion? Rather than getting out the timer and focusing exclusively on quantity, focus on quality. Are your kids sedentary or isolated? Or are they doing activities and talking alongside friends? Life should definitely include screen-free time with friendship bracelets and campfire stories, but it would be a shame not to keep in touch with those newfound camp friends on Facebook after summer's end. To sum it all up, think about your kids' digital intake like you think about their food intake. 
a good media diet includes moderation and some healthy goodies, but can handle some junk food and notably benefits from the occasional fast. Thanks so much for making the Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. Never miss a thing when you sign up for the newsletter at quickanddirtytips.com slash newsletters or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can always listen on Spotify, follow the show on Twitter at QDT Savvy Psych, or like on Facebook, where there are always links to episodes no longer available on Apple Podcasts. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Have a wonderful week. I'm looking forward to seeing you all next Friday for a happier, healthier mind. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.